come down to someone kind of taking the game to themselves and, and making creating that moment and also just working for each other it's uh it's sometimes not pretty in overtime but we kept on grinding and grinding and grinding and finally got got the goal we needed welcome back to this edition of talent talk thursdays i'm brock borgeson in that clip you heard from head women's soccer coach eric faulkner as he discussed a very exciting ASUN opening victory against Liberty last Sunday at home. This week, we will have women's soccer redshirt freshman Emma Voigt on the show to discuss and go into a marathon comeback from five surgeries, a MRSA infection, and three ACLs to now appear in all 11 of UNF's 2019 matches uh, so far. It was a busy week again this fall. Teams open fall practice, others continued fall exhibition games, and others continued on with their regular seasons. Men's and women's basketball opened up their fall practice schedule last week as they gear up for their seasons, which start in very early November. Baseball played in its first fall exhibition, shutting down FSCJ 8 to nothing. And softball will be on the diamond tomorrow against Seminole State College in the first of its fall exhibition games. Men's and women's cross country completed their second to last meet prior to the ASUN championships when they competed at the Gans Creek Classic in Columbia, Missouri. The men took fourth of 10 while the women nabbed fifth. Men's soccer played to what was another exciting match at Hodges Stadium. They finished it with a double overtime draw against FGCU. Men's soccer goalkeeper Pedrake Gilly ended up earning ASUN Defensive Player of the Week honors as UNF picked up uh, a point in the conference standings. Women's golf played very well at the Lady Paladin Invitational. They took third of 16 teams, and UNF finished ahead of USF, UNC Wilmington, Kansas, and Coastal Carolina, among others. Volleyball opened ace on play last week against two of the conference bests, and they were on the road at Liberty and Kennesaw State. They fell in both those contests, but redshirt junior Gabby O'Connell continued to clip away, earning another milestone, 800 digs for her career in the match against Kennesaw. And leading into today's interview, women's soccer had another big week. They made it three straight wins after a 4-0 win against South Carolina State Thursday and a 1-0 overtime triumph against Liberty thanks to Thais Hayes' golden goal in the 97th minute. And riding high off that note, let's now get to our interview today with Emma Voigt. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you guys won four to nothing um, against South Carolina State. You had another assist in that game, and you've had a, a goal this year um, against FAU. Last year, you took a red shirt, and uh, we we're just talking, kind of going through your your timeline leading up to that red shirt that year. And you said you had a 22 month um, kind of hiatus where you weren't playing, um, but obviously you were a big big star in high school. Um, there's a lot that goes into that, and a lot of it was a path of injuries. Um, just kind of take us through the timeline that you had with your injuries and, and when it started and, you know, uh, your first injury and go on from there. Right. So um, my sophomore year, uh, 2015, I tore my ACL for the first time in a high school game. And uh, I rehabbed from that, had my surgery done in St. Augustine, rehabbed for about nine months, and then came back and played. And then a few months later, I remember I was playing and I felt another pop, but I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, you know. I didn't think it was, I had retorn it. It felt different. So I continued to play on it for a few more months, but it just kept getting worse and worse, and eventually I couldn't play on it anymore. So I went to the doctor to see what was wrong, and it turns out I had retorn it again, and along with my MCL and PCL. 
And so I had another surgery done this time with Dr. Bates in Jacksonville. And um, I remember after the surgery, it was just like unreal pain, so different from the first time. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And I like lost my appetite. Um, I couldn't go to school because I like couldn't stand up for mm-hmm. that long without feeling dizzy. It was, it was really strange. I didn't know what was wrong. So I went and saw a bunch of doctors and they were all like, you're fine, you know. So I continued to go out, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. um, finally, like, I was like, no, I can't go through this anymore. So we went to some doctor in Jacksonville and he um, ran some tests. And it turns out I had MRSA and Enterobacter. I think that's how you say it. So what's the difference between those? So MRSA and then you just it's just another bacterial just another, yeah. issue. Yeah, it's just two infections. Yeah. And um, so I went in for surgery the very next morning and they had cleaned it all out. And I spent two weeks in Wolfson's. And I remember they told me, like, I was clean, ready to go home, and then eventually I would get another surgery done. Or, no, sorry. I was good to go home and keep going. And um, I remember I went home, and that night I just felt so sick again. It was so weird. Was and it, like, um, nausea, or was it, like, a flu-like symptom? It was or was just, it like, just dizziness. Like, if I just even disoriented? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like vertigo or something? wasn't yeah. eating. At this point, I'd already lost, like, 15 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, the next morning, I went right back to the hospital, and turns out the infections had never gone, and they're actually worse. And so I, they rushed me into surgery again, cleaned it out. Um, this time, they actually, or I think they took everything out this time, mm-hmm. my, my ACL, everything. Um, so then I spent another about week and a half in the hospital. They cleaned it out, whatever. Um, they put a pick line in my arm. What's uh, what's that? It um, It's like a needle that goes into your arm and it kind of goes all the way to your heart it's kind of like, like a stint kind of or something like it yeah something like that yeah yeah and uh every morning my mom would push antibiotics through it for about i think it was like a month i had it in so you're taking injections through there right. yeah every day yeah and was it like a substantial needle a pretty big one or um get through there? no not really yeah. it's just kind of inserted into okay. like a little whole thing and i had to like cover it up every day could you do, you know, you, could you go about your day with it or were you like bedridden during this time? Oh, no, I could go throughout my yeah. day. I just okay. had to keep it covered and, mm-hmm. and yeah. So then after a month of that and just making sure I was good, I went back to the hospital. I had my final surgery where they put everything back in my knee, redid it all. And there I started my rehab process to get back on the field. So the first um, couple surgeries that you had, um, I know one of them was a cadaver. Mm-hmm. Um, was another one a graft? from something else in your body or were they both cadavers um the first yeah. one was a graft yeah uh, i think they used my quad okay for that one. quad and tendon hamstring. or hamstring yeah. or something yeah i think it was a little bit of both mm-hmm. and then the second one was a cadaver could you tell the difference in um stability between those two types of replacements or was it just kind of the same honestly it was kind of the same mm-hmm. yeah. the second one i was in a lot more pain night right that might have been part of it yeah i'm not sure though well and the second one was the one that was getting rejected right right okay mm-hmm. um and so we, we kind of touched on this, but wh- what were, what was going through your mind when, um, you just felt ill? What were you thinking it was an infection thing or you just kind of thought it was generally I'm dealing with post-surgery ailments or what? Um, well the second time when I, I remember going home and I was just, I couldn't sleep or anything. I was just in so much pain. My mom was just like, you know, I think it's cause there's metal in it this time, which I figured that was why. And they didn't do the rods the first time. No, they yeah. didn't. And so I remember just thinking, it'll get better, it'll get better. And then it just kept getting worse. And that's what didn't make sense. And so that's why we kept going back to the doctor to see what was wrong. And because she, you noted that she was pretty persistent in trying to get you back there. 
Yeah. Um, and and kind of convincing them that this isn't normal. Right. My mom was like my advocate. She was like, she knows her body, you know, something's wrong. Yeah. Doctors weren't really listening. I'm not going to lie. So yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so after your first tear, um, well, let's backtrack when you got the tear, um, what was going through your mind then? Uh, did you think that you were going to have to, you know, change your style of play at that point or, um, you know, being so young, still in high school, some can adjust and they go on and, you'd have no idea that they had an ACL tear, but for other people, they lose that step and sometimes they're more of a finesse player or whatever it was. Did it change for you or are you kind of able to keep with it? Yeah. Um, well, when I first saw it, I was pretty young. I was 15. Right. And at that point I already had like teammates or other people I knew tear their ACL and they were back playing just as, as normal, you know? So I, I thought, you know, I have plenty of time before college, before I, I need to like prepare for that. So I, I thought I'd be just as good, you know, getting back. Which yeah. I was really confident in myself the first time. It was definitely hard mentally, but mm-hmm. yeah. What what was the what was the key for you to you know kind of overcome that mental hurdle with the first injury? Because um, you think about anybody that plays basketball with an ACL tear, Achilles tear, pitcher tears his Tommy John ligament, and they're kind of feeling out what their body can do. Was that what? Did you have that like process in that phase? For sure. Um, yeah. I. Going through it, I thought it would mainly just be, like, physically tough, Mm -hmm. you know, getting your strength back and whatnot, but it was the exact opposite. It was all mental, honestly. Like, just having, like, believe in yourself. Like, because when you first come out of surgery, you're like, you know, I'm never going to be able to play again. Like, this isn't – and then you just have to, like, keep telling yourself, like, you got it. You just got to keep pushing in rehab. And there were times I cried at rehab, just like, you know. Where it was the – were the tears like pain tears or is it like discouragement? I think it was yeah. more like discouragement yeah. and frustration. Just as an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, you just want to be back on the field and having to work towards that. Like it's obviously worth it. It's just really tough. Yeah. What was your rehab like? What were some of the things that you had to do then? And uh, do you still do a lot of those, you know, um, exercises that are were pre- prescribed to you then? I do actually. Now that we have weights in college, mm-hmm. like it's a lot of knee prehab. Mm-hmm. So I think that keeps my knee strong and, and, you know, the reason people tear their ACLs in the first place a lot of times are just from overworking and not doing enough, um, yeah. like strengthening with it. So now I'm being extra careful and doing what I was taught in rehab. Yeah. Just, you know. Um, so they say, you know, some people that they tear their ACL, they might be predisposed to it or a certain cue angle in their, in their um, knee or in their leg. Um, was there anything that they addressed or was it just kind of a freak thing for you, you think? And um, what? What are the what are the things that you strengthen like quad quad more hamstring stretching, yeah. Um, well, so a couple questions there. Yeah. yeah. Well, g- I I never thought I'd be one to tear my ACL just because yeah. there's no like warning signs or no, anything. No, just I always, occurs. <laughs> right. No, it's so random. Yeah. But I did have really bad knees growing up. I had Osgood slaughter. Okay. Yeah. Um. So knees were always a struggle. My whole family has really bad knees. Mm-hmm. Um. Then one game, just I was literally just running. The first time was no contact. So was it was just, a no contact. Mm-hmm. Were you changing direction? I was. I was going okay. to cut outside, and then I changed really fast to go inside, and all of a sudden my knee just popped. Yeah. And I remember thinking when I went down, like a pop. I know, like <laughs> people bad. who tear the ACL, like it's they always say they ligament. hear a pop. Yeah. yeah. And so I started freaking out, and I was in the most pain I'd ever been in. And then all of a sudden, like three minutes later, I felt fine. Hmm. It was so strange. Well, yeah, I mean, they do say that with ligaments because it has the point of impact. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, right. in and afterwards, if you're not moving it or it's not disrupting the internal, mm-hmm. you know, structure of it, you're not going to feel it. So right. did it go away for a while, or were you just in the immediate pain? And then it kind of, as long as I wasn't running, I was all right. 
it was immediate pain for like three minutes and then I came off the field and I honestly I felt kind of almost like stupid for you're like what am crying. I doing like yeah I was like I feel fine now. now yeah I actually wanted to go back on really bad but my coach was like no you heard a pop like that's not a good sign you need to get checked out before you go on mm-hmm. and I actually did go to the doctor um the next day and he had told me I was fine and that I could keep playing and so I went to really practice. so they didn't yeah. do and, and the stability they, they tests. did the stability yeah. test they said I was fine and so I went back to practice and my coach was like I don't know like that just sounds too bad I want you to get an MRI before you play I was just so mad because I was like, I'm fine, you know? And then thank God I did because they they got the, my MRI results back and he called right away. It was like, yeah, actually, she's going to have surgery next week. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's pretty, you know, you're pretty tough to go through that, oh, you, you know, for for the, you know, first couple of days that with that, without having it addressed. Um, and then, so the second time the injury is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you kept playing on it for right. a couple months. So were, did, had you torn your ACL at that point or was was that initial tear like the MCL or whatever the other cruciate ligaments? Um, I'm not sure yeah. exactly. I just remember actually a f- funny fact. Um, the second time I tore it, we were playing the same exact team on the really? same field. Yeah, yeah. so you don't yeah. really want to play there. No, anymore. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember going. I went to a tackle and I felt three pops, and it didn't feel the same as the first time. So in my head, I was just you know, and I didn't want to admit to myself that I'd hurt myself again. So I was like, no, I'm fine. And they actually let me go back on. Yeah. And I went back on and I scored and we actually ended up winning the game. Wow. So, you know, it was like the adrenaline. I think I was, you know, I'm yeah. fine. So I kept playing. And for the next, like, I think it was two months, every time I'd play, my knee would almost, like, pop out of place. Like, the, yeah, I could tell it wasn't stable. It would, stable. like, lock in and right. out. Right, yeah. Yeah. And my knee was just so swollen almost every day. It was mm-hmm. like the size of a softball. Mm-hmm. It was so big. Um, and then eventually, they're like, I just couldn't play on it anymore. And I... I was like, all right, I'll go to the doctor. And I still didn't believe it was torn. It just hadn't felt the same. As you, the first time. Yeah, you probably had just like the swelling just probably mm-hmm. got in the way. You, you felt, felt a lot of heat there. Right, and yeah. You can't like cut in and out. Um, so at that point, you get the second one. Do you, th- do you think, you know, can I, can I play soccer again? You know, was that going through your mind before the doctor said that, that, you know, she probably isn't going to play? Yeah, well, when I first found out, um, I thought, like, okay, well, what if I rehab this time and then I just tear it again? You yeah. know, that's just, that's you know, that's what goes through your mind. But then the doctor told me that the first surgery hadn't been done right. So that kind of gave me more hope as in, like, okay, this time if it's done right, then it'll be good mm-hmm. for the rest of the time I play. Um, but so when I found out um, I had to get another surgery, I kind of mapped it out in my head you know nine more months okay i'll have time to train and be ready for my freshman year at unf mm-hmm. and then that's when i you know a few weeks later i found out um, i had an infection and mm-hmm. then i mapped it out again in my head and i realized i wouldn't be ready in time okay i think that's what killed me yeah the most so what was the reason so you address the infection with whatever they need to do to clean it um did was there like extra just like invasive surgery from dealing with the infection that pushed the timeline back more? Um, yes. So when they, the third surgery, when they cleaned it out and they thought I was good and then they realized that the infection actually hadn't gone away, they told me that they had to take everything out of my knee. And after that, I had to wait at least eight weeks. So when I realized that... Eight weeks of like, of doing any rehab. Eight weeks or of nothing. using just, it. Just yeah. letting it, you know sit <laughs> sit basically yeah. and you know the pick line just doing its job and cleaning all the infection out because if i were to get another surgery and there were any bit of infection left it would have been all for nothing so how much time did you have before the MRSA really kind of really did 
damaged you? Like, did, were you on, like, did you later learn, like, if you hadn't gotten this taken care of within the next couple of days, you would have had some bad problems? Um, yeah. So when I first got diagnosed with the infections, the doctor actually told me if I would have waited two more days that I possibly could have died. Yeah. Which was super it, like, scary. it, goes up to your heart and gets For, your bloodstream. Yeah, it and spreads throughout yeah. your whole body and then there's mm-hmm. nothing you can really do. And I remember my mom just yeah. freaking out. She's probably very so angry at people. Oh, yeah. 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 So... Um, so you have that one, you have the MRSA. Um, well, how are you, how are you getting around? Are you going to school? Are you going to classes normally? Are you, are you, what type of cast are you in? You're talking about before I, so after the MRSA dealing, dealing with the MRSA, um, Um, yeah. So after I dealt with the MRSA and got that all cleaned out, um, I did go to, I started going to school, I think about like two weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, I had my big brace on went down from my yeah. ankle all the way up to like the top of my thigh um and I was on crutches too for a while and my teachers were super nice about it they helped me out and you know obviously I missed a lot of school so mm-hmm. they helped me with that and then like just you know walking around our schools our high school was pretty big so that was <laughs> kind of tough but I mean you see pretty tough minded and um oh, driven so thanks. was it hard for you to not be able to just do the normal things that you know, you could do every day and be on the soccer field and perform. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, it was, it was the middle of my senior year. So I missed so yeah. many things like that. And then I missed my whole season. And I, I couldn't even go watch some of the games and just, it yeah. was, it was tough. Um, what, what, at what point did you commit to UNF? I committed, I think it was a few months after my first surgery. Okay. So, so you, you commit and then you have these injuries and you, think you know in going in your mind you might have another and so at the time and so um how did they how did that go were they they stay firm with the um scholarship or did you have fear that you know you wanted to end up here um yeah so robin knew i had my first surgery yeah. which she was still really confident in me um robin's the old head yep. coach as well um and then after all my other surgeries um or after I think it was like the second or third, I realized I had to call her and tell her what had happened, you know, because she hadn't heard about it yet. And I was so scared. I thought, you know, as a coach, you know, hearing your player about to get, it's already had yeah. three knee surgeries, yeah. you know, it's just worrisome. But I called her and she was so unbelievably nice, had so much confidence in me. She, you know, like motivated me to get better. And she, yeah, so she actually like would talk to my mom and me and just, they were really helpful. So was Devin, the assistant yep. coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you had that behind you. Yeah. So you always knew that I'm working towards this goal and I'm right. going to be at UNF. Yeah. So that's 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 good for you to have that um, that goal mapped out. How did your game change? You know, how has your game changed? What type of player were you? Or what type of player are you still? Or have you know have you adjusted consciously? Um. Well, when I was coming back last spring, I got to play, and it was super tough mentally I think because just coming back you know you, you can't do as it, it just like simple things I was so mm-hmm. used to doing so naturally weren't going my way mm-hmm. and I was just always frustrated myself and Eric pulled me aside one day and I was like listen like you're gonna have a new 100% your mm-hmm. 100% before your surgeries is not gonna be your 100% now and you just need to learn like what that is and use your strengths and weaknesses and so like at first I didn't have my explosiveness mm-hmm. which was really tough because that's what I always was really great at was ex- exploding and I was always like a player who found the back of the net and was able to score and I've like I've gotten that back a lot I don't think I was I am how I used to be as Mm -hmm. much you know but I've definitely found like what works for me and how I need to change my play a little bit Mm -hmm. 
so I'm get I'm getting there, and I yeah. think I've gotten there. Like since last spring, I've already developed so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was adjusting to just conditioning and gameplay and time on the field? Um. Well, I remember like last fall when they were practicing, I would do a lot of conditioning. So I think my like that was wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. But definitely like speed of play, you know, that was hard to come back into and yeah. just remember like play fast and yeah. That um ball control and dribbling skills and um just you know ability to pass you know kind of the more tactile um um, skill part of the sport was that hard to to come back with and or was it you know just second nature um for the most part it was like second nature but like i said like there are little things i'd be like Mm -hmm. why did that not go my way i thought i I thought i was used to having this happen yeah (laughs) i thought that would the ball would go over here but instead it went over there yeah um so yeah like little things like that would just be super frustrating Mm -hmm. that would be for any player any player coming back from injury you know it's just going to be frustrating but just have to get over that mental block and then it's all there all comes back eventually so what did they do um for your training here and you mentioned really kind of emphasizing strengthening yourself in the weight room um is that um you know the muscles around your knee or just collectively and what are some like kind of tricks of the trade that you've learned to make yourself better um well in the weight room we focus on everything so Mm -hmm. like we'll have you know uh leg day one day and yep. upper body um so i like i'll kind of modify some things to maybe focus more on my left leg because it's still not as strong as my right leg actually um and then jordan our mm-hmm. athletic trainer she's super awesome she has me do like little things helps me out so i've just yeah learned to do what's best for me and not to get hurt again hopefully. yeah what what is um what have you learned about like kind of that whole world now like do you see like kind of the rehabilitation sports medicine strength and conditioning world differently i have a whole new appreciation for it Mm -hmm. not gonna lie sometimes i used to think like i don't need this you know but that's the whole reason we get hurt is because we're not focusing on those things we're not strengthening our our bodies or the parts that need to be strengthened in order to keep ourselves healthy Mm -hmm. so whole new appreciation (laughs) Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people that end up um having these injuries and recurring injuries or they have back problems or whatever they want to be chiropractors they want to be um physical therapists has has that ever interested you or what's your goal kind of off the field and in the classroom? Um, actually at first when I was first coming to UNF, I wanted to work in physical therapy. Um, so I, that's what my goal was my freshman year. And then I actually switched to sports management. Okay. I really just want to work around sports. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love watching any sport doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Sure. Um, so obviously that probably factored into why you chose UNF. Um, what was kind of the driving factor for you coming here? Um, out of high school and choosing UNF because obviously division one athletes are definitely going to get recruited from other places. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually at first I wanted to go as far away as possible from mm-hmm. home, which is ironic because I chose the closest school. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I came on my visit here, I fell in love with it. The team was so awesome. They're all so close, which is what I wanted. Cause when you have a team that's close and you're like sisters, you just play so much better. You work so much better together and so much more enjoyable. So when I came here, they all made me feel like family already. And you know, um, and so I like loved it, and the coaches were awesome. So mm-hmm. I came, went home to my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I think I want to go here." Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was cool. How is it playing, um, kind of down the street from where you grew up, and um, you know, w- what are your thoughts about growing up and aspiring to play maybe for a UNF or a school like it? Um, it's know. actually mm-hmm. awesome getting to play close to home because my mom has always been. She's like our, you know, photographer yeah, for most yeah. of the games too. She's you know, she's <laughs> on silent. Yeah. Does she travel? Um, she goes to as ma- okay. many games as she can, yeah, yeah with work, and sh- I have two little sisters, so oh, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I knew I wanted her to come to my games as much as she could, and this makes it so much easier, she's at every home game, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. 
she's kind of your documentarian in some ways oh, yeah yeah. That, so, yeah my mom's awesome she was there through everything she stayed every night at the hospital with me she didn't mm-hmm. miss a single night she had to miss her work which obviously was hard for her she's awesome yeah that's <laughs> great um who was she an influence in you playing soccer or were there you know was there an influence or kind of a role model um i started playing when i was four years old it was just kind of random mm-hmm. i loved it um and then I remember when I realized I had to start playing more competitively. There wasn't really a super competitive club in St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who drove me an hour, three times a week to Jacksonville mm-hmm. to, for practice. Mm-hmm. And on the weekends, we, she would travel with us to hotels and like, tournaments or whatever, which is super hard, you know, on a single mom or yeah. whatever. So she was definitely like my influence. Like I, there was no way I could have done that or made it to college soccer without her. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's a lot of, that, that's a lot of commitment with oh, time. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're probably traveling around, I mean, I guess in the region probably too, yeah. but out of just Florida. We went to like Las Vegas, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. We went super yeah. far and she was at everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there somebody on the field in college that you watch growing up or professionally that you kind of, you know, model yourself after and how would you describe yourself, um, you know, in comparison to one of those players, like similar um i always looked up to national team players Mm -hmm. uh mia ham was like Mm -hmm. my favorite player i was always number nine growing Mm -hmm. up i wanted to be just like her and actually at one of our tournaments she was the guest speaker really and i remember did you get to talk to her i I met her i got a picture with her i started crying when i saw her um so i always like looked up to players like that megan rapino she's awesome she's doing so much off the field you know Mm -hmm. with politics and stuff so i've always looked up to players like that Mm um would you you know would you ever want to pursue something strictly within soccer after playing or, um, you said obviously sports management, um, specifically, um, coaching wise, or how has your view about coaching changed already within the first couple of years here? Um, I actually have thought about coaching before, mm-hmm. maybe younger players, just yeah. cause <laughs> this is a lot, <laughs> but um, it is a commitment. yeah, I look yeah. at the coaches now they're, they're so, I don't know how they do it. They stay up late every night watching film, you know, doing whatever they can to make us better. Um, so yeah, my, I've I appreciate my coaches so much. That's definitely one thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 uh this year you guys got after a really hot start. What what has allowed that and what's the culture of the team like? Um so last spring when Eric became head coach, I think everything kind of changed mm-hmm. um for the better. Mm-hmm. And um we all got super close as a team. I remember like I don't know what really changed that, but we're all just so much closer than we were last year. I count them literally all as my sisters. And which made it so much better. We all enjoy going to practice. We all enjoy doing every little thing we can, which is great. Um, and I think so when we started the season, we were super duper excited. Preseason was super strong. We had our first game. We went out and killed it. And we've been scoring. We've actually scored more goals this season so mm-hmm. far than we did last season altogether, which is insane. Um, so, yeah, I think we just have like our commitment and our passion just like it's more than it has ever been. We're just driving for our goal, make it to the A Sun Champ. So for for you, what's what's your goal this season, individually, and then um, you know throughout your career here? Um, this year, I just want to play whatever part I can to get us that title, take us as far as we can. Um, throughout my career here, I just want to play the best I can, as much as I can, be on that do whatever field. I can. Yeah, uh, yeah, be on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, Emma, nice. and talking about um that injury and your recovery because that you know can be a touchy subject sometimes too yeah Yeah, so thanks again thank you thank you for having me this weekend look forward to swimming's home opener with a big ccsa try with campbell and fgcu that's going to be at noon friday from the bulls school 
Volleyball plays in its A-Sun home opening weekend against FTCU and NGIT. That will be Friday and Saturday night. Both matches start at 7. And men's soccer goes across town to take on JU in the first event in the 2019-20 edition of the River City Rumble. Kickoff is set for 7 p.m. Saturday night. And the women's soccer team, they'll be on the road now after a long homestand. They'll be at Kennesaw State tonight, and they're going to go to Newark to face the Highlanders of NGIT on Sunday. Women's tennis gets back into action and on the courts in fall competition with the Bedford Cup. That's going to be October 4th through 6th in Fort Myers. And softball begins fall exhibition play Friday at home against Seminole State College. Again, follow along with all the action at unfospreys.com where you can find all of our events, articles, and social media content. Thanks again for listening to this week's edition of Talent Talk.